0: To the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has just been on his puddle jumper in what was what? One foot. I would say it was like naught to three foot surf, which is a very peculiar way of describing the surf. It was going flat. Yeah. Wasn't it? Mm. Then you'd get a two to three foot set. It was weird. Out of nowhere. It's very, very cool. Very strange wind di- direction. Very strange wind direction. I think Dylan Graves would have liked it. It was... With a, his weird waves.
1: Yeah, it was a weird wave, man. Very I, weird. I've, it was so weird, the wave, I put a hole in the bottom of my puddle jumper. Mate. I'm really good at putting holes in the bottom of boards. but we live on a quite a pebbly beach, don't we? Yeah. And the big ones are fine. It's those tiny little sharp ones. And I didn't even notice until I... You know, sometimes, I don't know if anybody else does this, sometimes you sort of float around in the water while you're having a session, just flip the board upside down, check the fins, because obviously I rip so hard. <laughs> I've got to make sure they're still in there. I'm putting so much power through these fins. You know, I better check they're still there. My pencil legs are deceptively powerful when it comes to pushing <laughs> through the turns. And, um, yeah, and there's a little, I oh, thought, is that a ding? And then I look and it's actually a, a little hole. So I've got to fix that now. I've done it to almost every board I've had. And it's the, I blame the pebbles yeah. It's one of those ones
0: where you might get news that like, you know, oh, Will, one of your kids has broken their leg or, you know, Al's, she's gotten sick, my wife, she's fallen ill or, you know, someone's put a hole in your puddle jumper. Well, you know, listen, there's news and then there's bad news, <laughs> right? Oh, no. I mean, i tell you what. <laughs> and Will is living in the garage. From- I will be in the fucking garage. From this week. I wonder if the wife even listens to this. I think she has. She has listened a few times. She's like, it's hmm. interesting, honey. Well done. That's our two listeners. <laughs> she so A nice. major That's fan nice, club. honey. I have asked for her feedback before on stuff, and she just looks at me and goes, well, honey, you kind of you bang on about this stuff all day long, so well, what do you want me to say? She's quite
1: similar to... Obviously, our, we admire him greatly, and we have a bit of interaction on, uh, on the old gram with him. is John Wayne Freeman, Jonathan Wayne Freeman. And he does semi-jokey, serious stuff where he involves his wife. And I have to think there are occasions when
0: she's channeling her inner owl isn't massively. <laughs> you should start doing What's, that, dude. What I really like about John Wayne Freeman, some of the comedy he's done, is that he, like, there's the line that you're supposed to toe yeah. in this work world we're in. And we're pretty good with that. He just flies over the line, takes a big old dump the other side, and lets the flies just eat the poo the other side. It's really good. But he does it very cleverly. He doesn't do it to sort of purposefully offend anyone. He's just being himself. And I think that's awesome. I, You've got to check him out, by the way. John Wayne Freeman. He's the Will Ferrell of surfing, isn't he, in a He way. is. Yeah. I think
1: it comes... A few episodes ago, we were talking about the great Billy Conley. And some people can say things. I say they can't. Anybody can say anything they want. This the world we live in. But when it comes from a place of just good vibes and a good heart, and actually comedy, he's having some fun with things, then there is no hurt intended or involved plus he also does some very deep serious stuff occasionally that resonates beautifully I think with people I I really like John Wayne Freeman I think he'd be a good guy to hang out with
0: very good guy yeah well done well done big JWF but that was a good surf wasn't it it was a good little surf I got in on my single fin longboard thingy thing that I ride and yeah some little nose rides and little gliders yeah as my grandpa would say some lovely breakers out there dear. yeah some lovely breakers Surf's up. They're coming in lovely, aren't they? Not that he had an accent like that anyway, but no, it was good. And the thing is, is that you're surfing. It's the joy of being on that wave because you realize that in hindsight, you had absolutely nothing going on mentally. It's a really remarkable thing that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we get it with lots of different sports. I think you can access it in, in many ways. This thing is this experience called flow. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of sports, but there's something still so special, extra special about surfing and how it does that. You hit that green wall and you start gliding along and you can't describe... I won't even attempt to describe it. I mean, we were on the UK surf show where the guys they yeah. were saying that there was this one chap who did a pretty good job of describing it. I can't remember who, well, that, who that was. I think we've talked about this before.
1: Look, we spend an hour a week talking about mindfulness, flow, surf, body, all of the good stuff that comes out of surfing and sort of you can extrapolate all of those lessons into life. When it comes down to it, you said this before, Will, I think people like Eckhart Tolle talk about it. Joe Dispenza talks about it. There comes a point when there are no words. It's in those silent moments where words cease. And they cease not just because there aren't enough words to, even for the most poetic of humans, to articulate both the insanity of the world and the beauty of the world eloquently enough to do it justice. And equally, mind is chattering away. We're either verbalizing it externally or we're internalizing it. And there are moments during those surfs or other pin- things that put you into a flow state where it literally puts your brain on mute. And then it's like, that's lovely. That's a great place so to So true. Be. So yeah, words sometimes don't do anything that we are involved in when we come to sort of the ocean and surfing. Just can't do it justice. So true. And it
0: makes you realize that it's the human mind that's what causes issues mm. and not issues themselves. Mm-hmm. Issues are never issues. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's our thinking about them that causes the issue. That's the real issue. Surfing's lovely, isn't it? What a lovely antidote to all the nonsense in the world. And it's kind of, it is remarkable. It's the enormity of what is happening in that moment on a wave. You know, all the little things that have to come together for that to happen is enormously powerful and beyond our comprehension, really. It's one thing that I think of sometimes with waves. It's just the fact that it's not even what we think it is. It's this separate object of surf, of lip breaking to there next bit of lip breaking to there and then you're riding that bit of wave to there you know to there and so on and so forth and you feel like you're riding it along and yet if you look at it laterally okay that's looking at it laterally looking at it vertically you're going towards the beach so just get your head around that for a second and then also not only that but it's not even what you think it is so a wave by its very nature is a wave of energy and the energy is what you're riding. And now, just to get your head around that is really, really mind-blowing. If you actually just have a moment to meditate on that or think about that or just let your mind go there for a moment, that just kind of makes you realize just how special surfing is. You're on energy that's going to be so temporary. It's going to be there and it's going to be gone. And it's so unlike snowballing skating. Snowballing skating are great board sports. I love them both. And my buddy once was like, oh, mate, how can you surf? Because it's just... I snowboard, you know, I can just snowboard and snowboard and rail to rail to rail. And I'm like, that's the whole point. Because it's so fleeting, it makes it so special. Well, and if you let me get deep a bit, in a way, we were just
1: touching on this last week in our unedited show, but that's why I think it's almost the, the metaphor for life. Now, having said we, words don't do it justice, we're now going to try and talk for 45 minutes about surfing. And <laughs> the, <but laughs> People listen they ain't doing it justice. Let me tell you, I wish they couldn't find words to describe it. <laughs> you kind of look at it and go, therein lies the whole metaphor for life, right? It is fleeting. It's just energy. If you can put joy into that, as we do into surfing, because that is, again, an Eckhart whole thing, isn't it? It's in delivering joy into that experience that we get the rebound, of re- resonance of joy back to us. It is, in itself, a little micro view of what life is, kind of a magical energy ride on something that won't exist forever. <laughs> Damn straight. And here we are, you know, like we say, life is too serious to take seriously. Well, there it is, you know, You paddle in, get on the wave, and just let it fall silent and enjoy the absolute ride that it is because it will be gone as if the tide's
0: going out that's it if you get to get a physicist on this it would sort of it'd be this idea that you know the wave has its moment it comes in this wave of energy so where does that wave of energy go again the metaphor for life you know you think about it like where do you go and it's these kind of big questions it's really cool because it kind of to a lot of people that seems really funny and a bit over the top but actually it's not for us it's not Once you get in touch with the present moment as your friend, once you make, as Eckhart Tolle would say, the present moment your friend, not your foe, but you want to be here, this is going to be my quest is to just be here. Because actually, this is the only thing that matters. When you do that, you start to unearth little clues as to what is going to be next in terms of when you die. And um, it is definitely linked to surfing in that way. It's a mystery, but it's sort of mystery that you're starting to tap into you don't know what it is but it is certainly linked to surfing and I think that's why surfers over the years have been very spiritual characters not all obviously like all humans are very different but surfers do tend to say to you things like you know it's a physical thing it's a mental thing but I definitely also feel like there's something else that's very very special about this sport because it is unstructured untamed joy for its own sake now how much in this world can you honestly say that you're not trying to get anything for an end result like everything has got this well i'm doing this so i can get that i'm organizing that so i can do this i'm getting the washing up done so it's out the way and i can have the peace all these little a b and c a b and c well in surfing the reason why it's a mindfulness and spiritual i believe thing to do is because it's for its own sake it's for the presence being present and then let it go and it's play, yeah, for its own sake, yeah, and the last
1: time we, as grizzled old gits, did that was when we were kids before the worry about what other people think of you came into play, so when you abandon yourself to play as we do when we're surfing, and you take out the ego so that you're not worried about what other people think of you, this surf, like no one's watching Vipe. then you're in that unadulterated, joyful play state which is, well, it just is. That's the Nirvana, isn't it, that we're all looking for? I nearly went into Brian Cox then. It's, the, I love the, it, mate. The, uh, uh, the, the universe is in a wonderful place. <laughs> That's yeah? a good impression. There it? are billions of stars out there.
0: <laughs> You've you got the accent, too, so you, you're them. actually cheating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you look a we bit like him. There's another lookalike, dude. Come on, Fucking it. hell, mate. You've got so many. Yeah. Jeez. What was it? Um, oh yeah, Chris, uh,
1: Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, another one of mine. He's another a bit. He's mine. a bit shorter than me though. Very good.
0: <laughs> but no, it is. It's special in itself. I think that what's interesting for surfers, you're listening to this, kind of rolling this thing together, is that the challenges involved in really keeping it what it's about are that we're in a social society, social media. You start to compare and contrast, and you surf with other people. And I think that's where the surfing challenge comes in. It's because you're going to have an everyone's going to have an ego. So you're inevitably going to wonder how much spray came off the back and how small a board are you carrying versus how big a board, you know, how advanced a board are you carrying down the beach versus one that looks a bit like you're going to be a beginner or whatever else. Like there's an absolute ton involved in this kind of socio psychological aspect of surf, which is what makes our show something that I love to do because we get to talk about all these things that help you navigate your way through it. Because as soon as you get into a lineup of other surfers where it's eyes on you and there's a bit of pressure and maybe you're riding a new board or, you know, maybe you're not a very experienced surfer or maybe you've not surfed that way before or whatever else is going on. It's trying to work out ways mentally, physically, as well as your training in you know, all these things into how to bring the most presence to that experience, despite the fact that you're going to have an ego that's going to want to do everything it can to take you away from the present moment. Yeah. And get you wondering about this and wondering about that and feeling pressure, feeling fear, overthinking this and overthinking that and yada yada yada. I feel it's probable, in my estimation, with the people I surf those who had the most enjoyment and therefore surf their best potential, not the best potential, because that's irrelevant, that's that's not true. Yeah. It's their best. Everyone has their own best surf. Yeah. Is it when if I look at the people I know the best who also surf? When I look at that circle of people, that those humans who are least concerned what people think get the most joy and they perform at their best most often and consistently. That's the biggest word in sport. You have to really think about it, the hardest thing to do in sport is consistency. It's the epitome of those people we look up to, like the Roger Federer's. You know, how the hell does he do that? Like just over and over and over. And it has to end up being a mind game. It's not a body thing. I think eventually as well, you have
1: to be doing it for yourself. If eventually you sort of drift into this place of doing it for other people because other people have an expectation of you, that erodes already, the kind of principle of doing it just for the joy of it. You can get joy from that. Talking of tennis, it was a bit, was it Agassi who was doing it? He didn't really enjoy tennis because he wasn't doing it for himself in the end. I think his dad was sort of pressuring him into playing tennis. And so here is a guy that's getting greatness from the game, but really a lot of the time didn't want to be there. Because he was doing it not for himself, he was doing it for somebody else. But surfing's one of those things that ultimately, I think, like you say, that when you are getting joy out of it, it's because you've sought out that thing
0: for yourself. You're just enjoying where you're at and what you're doing. And do you think that could even happen in surfing? Do you reckon there's anyone in the world who is doing it because... Yeah, we must like be. Like professionally, let's say, or to a high level because they're kind of being pushed into it. Yeah, there must be a few Must people. be, mustn't yeah. it? It's just yeah. a human thing.
1: And once the sponsors are involved as well. Yeah. Once something becomes a job and the expectation is there to do things at times you don't want to do it, then I think that's when that creeps in. I'd take it, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, do you want to...
1: Oh, hang on. there's well, it's lost surfboards on the... Text from them. Can you make the next round of the WSL? May. You've yeah. been invited on? Oh, yes. sorry, we need a towel carrier. All right. That's okay. for the
0: one-to-two-foot... Somebody to carry... Microphone contest. Somebody to carry, I don't know, Kelly's towels. Yeah. Or it could be a contest for who can get their butthole the highest in the air for those head dips. And I did a head dip earlier on where I swear the whole sip of seafront would have seen my arsehole. Because with the way wet wetsuits are today, they go very translucent because they're so stretchy. You can stretch it hard enough. You can see everything underneath, I swear to God. Not on mine. Are you sure you bought a wetsuit? (laughs) Did (laughs) Did I even buy one? I think I'm riding in a bin. Is it? I'm probably in a bin bag or something. Yeah, it was, that was a horrendous head dip. It's all part of the banter, isn't it? I sort of done on a little two-foot, little nothing wave, but like fun, really fun, like gliding, gliding, and then just bent over double for the little so head dip. Get the hair wet, get the hair on it. But if it's the joy. Joy we'll, of surf. We'll talk about more serious waves later on in the show, because we've had some pumping surf as well, haven't we? Lots of insights to come from that, but... Well, well, I haven't had since that last one that we talked about last week, but you have. You've been back, haven't you? I had, yes. uh, I had a party. Party, man. Yeah, you did. You I went of, out, out, out. You band on about being all this healthy guy. You want to be, you know, talk sort of about well-being or whatever else. And I said to you, I said, you came to the workout last night. I said, dude, what would Laird say? You know, what would Laird say if you'd had, well, listen, you tell me. 12, 10, 8. I don't know. Six. A few glasses of A few glasses of beer. <laughs> Let's call it a few glasses of ale. And he's actually, joking aside, I think Laird would be in favour of that. Because I think he likes a bit of a party, Laird. He looks like a bit of a party animal. Yeah. If he gets going, I bet you he goes absolutely full on. Like a be, lot, a lot of adrenaline like, sports guys. <laughs> no, not again, lad. <laughs> now we do press ups. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Fucking get it down, you. And now we do press ups. He'd have like this sort of funnel set up from the top floor of his house, and he's pouring probably like adaptogenic beer down the sort of funnel <laughs> or something like that. He's got HGH in it or something with, with greens. He's
0: somewhat. got his performance mushrooms Yeah. yeah. An in, MCT powder a, plus in, ale in a, in a beer.
1: <laughs> Liam, drink that. It's good for you.
0: He has got the kind of body that is unachievable for 99.9% population because genes play such a big role in training performance. So he's just got that frame on physique on him. He's got a sort of... Um, He's got a waist-to-shoulder ratio that's just, you can't train for that. Yeah. And he still carries that kind of physique in his late, 50, his late 50s now. Yeah, easily. I mean, Getting close to 60 is yeah, very impressive.
1: He? He's a great, great ambassador on the serious side. For As we were saying, I mentioned last week, sorry, if I was in half the shape Lear Hamilton has ever been in his life, I would be a happy, happy. I yeah. know that's not a very mindful thing to say, but I'm admiring the commitment well, to his... Sport and his Yay. body and and longevity and all of that stuff. He looks amazing. And he's still
0: an incredible athlete. Very, I don't think he'll ever not be an incredible you He'll just fall yeah. over one day. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, so true. What do you say about the mindful thing? Because I think it is mindful to want to look good. It just depends on who you are and what that expectation is and how it interrelates with your ego. Because I think there's a soulful side to aesthetics that actually doesn't get talked about much. I think obviously this woke world we live in where it's like, No, no, it doesn't matter about how you look and, you know, eat what you want, embrace your body and be the shape you want to be in. And listen, by the way, oh my goodness me, there is nothing, nothing more important when it comes to physique than embracing and accepting your physique and loving it for what it is. At the same time, if that gives someone a green light to eating shit because it doesn't matter what shape you're in, but then they feel like shit, that's mindless. Mm. That's nonsense. So if you end up with a physique that looks phenomenal because you just want to feel good. Yikes. Well, enjoy it. Enjoy the physique you're in and and embrace that. You know, do you flaunt it around and, and pretend to be better than other people? No, that's when it's mindless again. That's mm. when it's ego again. Anything where there's a superiority aspect to it is ego. But I really don't buy into this thing of just, oh, just embrace your body if you're going to be overweight. But, but if you're overeating foods that you shouldn't be eating because they're making you feel like junk, how does that tie in?
1: Yeah. You know, And sort of do within your own powers everything you can to honour the
0: body that you, yeah. you inhabit. Whatever that is, damn straight. All trying to find our way in the middle where we can enjoy what we eat, but also find that balance and try and be and enjoy the best shape we can have. Cause you're only going to get one body. Yeah. And it really makes a big difference to your surfing. Huge difference. Obviously, the mind game, we talk about it, is massive. And, and I think the biggest one, but at the same time, the physique plays that John I role. John Elmer's role. And let's be really frank about it. Is there any separation really between the mind and body anyway? No. It's just this one system you are in. This ecosystem of intertwining thoughts and feelings with physique, with biochemistry. There's no real separation, anyway, is there? So, take care of yourselves, my friends. And neck down, led's special home brew. Home brew. I would drink that stuff. Led's <laughs> yeah, home. He, he would add probiotics to it. I mean, he's
1: he? got his own sort of um, health food, anyway, isn't he? But yeah. if, if Led wants to crank out some um, some little cold tins of beer, yep, with good stuff in it. I'm first in queue First in queue?
0: First in queue <laughs> First
1: in the queue First in the queue For um,
0: for what he's, what he's dishing out Hey, hope you're enjoying the show If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer Why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review because the more ratings we have The more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week And keep building this community of mindful surfers Now, let's get back to the show Moving on to segment number two, the mindful surfer. Just a couple of moments to check in with the breathing, to raise the awareness. So take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And then deep breath in. And breathe out. See if as you're you know, driving or sitting or walking, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, See if you can really pick up on how you're feeling, and don't judge yourself for it. Just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and just pay attention to it whilst taking deep breaths. So deep breath in through the nose. And breathe out. And then last deep breath in. and really try and relax your body into this as you breathe out lovely work guys well done deep breathing is really sits at the heart of mindfulness training because two main reasons one it is incredibly good for your system so it brings you into something called parasympathetic mode you have two main modes in this in the body the system which is one fight and flight which is your you know go 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 system That's the sympathetic. Then there's the parasympathetic. That parasympathetic is where you do all your healing. When you're in parasympathetic mode, effectively, the most powerful of all those modes is when you're asleep. That's when you're producing growth hormone and melatonin, and you're recovering and repairing and growing new muscle, basically. That's the first reason to put it into your life and and why it's at the base of mindfulness training is because it helps you heal, just in general, all kinds of aspects. And people can't see the linkage oftentimes between deep breathing and healing their knee or deep breathing and healing their back, or deep breathing and healing a relationship. They can't see the linkages. Well, it's really clear when you start working it out because if you're doing your deep breathing work, you're cementing that into your practice every day, whether that's structured meditation or yoga or just being more conscious of your deep breathing or breathing patterns throughout the day, whether it's in the ocean, out the ocean, wherever it is, is you're developing this healing because you're giving your body the tools to heal because when your body's in a stress mode and it doesn't know it's stress, it can't heal. It's in breakdown. It's in catabolization. You are catabolizing. You're breaking down. So to rebuild, you've got to have the opposite, yin and yang. And the second reason why deep breathing sits at the heart of mindfulness training is because when you take a conscious breath, you wake up to who you really are. Because it's impossible in reality, really. I'm sure it is. (laughs) There is some possibility that someone wouldn't wake up even if they took a conscious breath. But what it does... Is it makes us incredibly aware at the same time? If you're conscious of it, if you're consciously taking air in through your nose, you're noticing it really going in, it raises that awareness. And the reason why is because it reminds us of who we really are. We aren't dad, mum, carer, you know, friend, surfer, all these things, worker, manager. We aren't any of the things that we get up to. We're none of those things. We're not even our name. What am I? I'm sat here right now recording this podcast. I am literally flesh and bones and cells and energy and consciousness all in one little melting pot right now. So that's all I am. So when you take a deep breath, it is a visceral reminder of who you really are. And it's a, then a removal of all those labels. And then it's like a peace that's there because you just go, oh, well, I'm an infinite being. Why is there any need to be afraid of death whatsoever? I came from forever. I go back to forever. So why am I worrying about that? Yeah. The fuck you. Are. Well, I, exactly. <laughs> like that tiny
1: fucking thing. It's just, a, it's irrelevant. Eventually, yeah. I think for me, the starting point, you know, even looking back and previously looking at the sort of woo woo stuff behind the, wherever it's breath work or meditation that you would have in a previous life kind of seen it as and thinking, well, why wouldn't you try it? Because it's free and available to every single person on the planet. It's fucking free.
0: It's free. You don't you have got to, to go p- anywhere. You have to buy you it. You have to go to a facility. You've going to pay a coach. You've got to buy a manual. You've got to just take a deep conscious breath and release it slowly. Yes. Well said, mate. I love that. And also,
1: it's like you say, the energy field, if you like, from kind of woo all the way through to sort of um, physics and molecular biology and all that stuff. It's finite. When we're gone, it just goes back out there and it's absorbed again, isn't it? into... The next life. So we're not creating new particles. Everything that exists, exists. And so we come and go. And those things that make us flesh, the actual physical form, just go straight back into the universe. To sort of, like I said at the very beginning when we we're like, well, let's enjoy the ride. Let's enjoy the wave that we're on of life. Let's do the simple things to try and reset the flow state experience from that ride of
0: journey of life yeah why would you not just take a breath just breathe breathe deeply it's very very good don't breathe deeply when you're sat next to certain friends though because they got stinky buttholes oh my god what is he talking so if you if you sit near certain friends who eat a lot of lentils you do not want to do your deep breathing run you've upset somebody now well that's damn straight they're like that's all i eat Lentils.
1: Luckily, your one friend doesn't listen to the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving on, segment number three: Mind, body, Stoke. Things. And Liam and I have been working on our minds and bodies to raise the Stoke. Now, I was in pumping waves again oh, on the weekend. Showing off, showing off now. just you know, it's what I do. Just gun get barreled. You know, that's how we roll. Been surfing North Cornwall lately. It's been pumping and. It's amazing what being on my shoreboard has done lately. So to give you a bit of a background, I would have always ridden shoreboards when I used to surf more powerful waves. Then I moved back to where I am from, where the surf is Winswell. So I had to evolve my surfing to ride more um, bigger, flatter boards. And that's been great. It's been really great. I didn't think that where I live, I could actually complete cutbacks and little off the lips and stuff. Because my mindset at the time was, you just cruise around on long boards and stuff where we live in stand up paddle boards and stuff. And that's how it was. But then this Puddle Jumper came along. It's an ultra groveler. As anyone listening to this will probably know, it's a very, very famous board. Does incredibly well. Anything kind of two to four feet of mushy waves. But that mindset can stay with you a little bit when you get back onto powerful stuff. And it's a hard thing to do. I, I think I was a bit hard on myself in not being able to transition back to shortboard high performance maneuvers as quickly as I would have wanted to basically. And it's taken me seven, eight, nine surfs now on like really punchy waves that are getting on for like head high, two feet overhead, four feet overhead to understand just how much the board and the wave want to do the work for you. And that's the crux of what I'm saying. What I've found is certainly on the last surf in particular, we have one in the week as well in as well. But on the one on the Sunday, I was performing better on the way than I have maybe ever, maybe for a number of years, who knows? And the insight for me is keep persevering with equipment that challenges you. That's the real insight here. You may have, have a new board. You may have a new approach. You may have a new place you want to surf that's a bit more challenging. Anytime you're presenting with a bit more challenging in your surfing, persevere. There's no comparison here whatsoever. Like, oh, they're doing shortboarding. I'm just doing foamy surfing. You know, they're practicing for barrel riding. They're just trying to get on the green face. There's never ever a comparison. You've got your own journey to do. You're in your journey. How's it going for you? And if you aren't maybe sometimes challenging yourself enough, it's to see if a new board or a new approach or a new wave or some sort of new novel thing could up that. Because that's what it's done for me. It's been an amazing joy to get back to that and kind of stalling for the barrel and, and getting some head dips and head cover-ups. And I completed one wrap where I went right right, right round the bowl on this beautiful four feet overhead lip. It's just like, just the whole thing. And it's been great. It's a lovely feeling. It kind of makes you feel like, wow, there's a lot left in the tank here. It's a nice thought. How do you find that challenge thing? Do you kind of feel like you need that? Well, I mean, on the surf
1: perspective, it's different for me because I'm on a different sort of path. And, you know, last year I sort of fiddled around with quite a few boards from mid-length to kind of a sort of the loop short that I've got, which is a 6'2". That's more of a performance groveler still, isn't it, in many ways? So it's kind of... It has high- no rocker really. No, it's, with that beak nose, it's kind of like a bit of a hybrid between a short and a groveler. For me, it's a great board. I mean, it's very performancy. And then the puddle. But I'm sort of trying to kind of dial a little bit for a while, just a bit of a one-board quiver at the moment, and ride that in whatever I can, whether it's small or big, so I can get used to the same board and the same rails and the same rocker. And as I was saying last week, because it's PU, the rail goes in a little bit better because it sinks a bit more. And it's really suiting where my level of surfing is at currently. But then little little times, like last night, I was pretty knackered because done, we'd done our surf fit session. We've shifted it to Monday nights now. Then I went to do my lifeguard swim time update, and I didn't realize it was also going to be like a drill session as well. So I managed to get the time down to 6 minutes 19 for that 400 meters, which is under a minute and 10 better than I needed to, and then proceeded to do an hour worth of drills. But because I hadn't been surfing since our session in Cornwall, I then couldn't resist at 9 o'clock-ish, about quarter past 9, with this lovely sort of summer solstice vibes that we've got, albeit without the sunshine. Jumping in for a quick surf with one of our uh, mates last night, who also was at the surf fit session. So I did an hour of kind of punishment in the gym with Will and Tom. And then I did an hour of punishment with the surf life-saving squad in the pool training. And then, because I'd been talking about the need to get in, I jumped in last night for a bit of evening action. And I went in on the Mick Fanning Foamy But I've still just got from a micro day a twin in the back, like a large back set of twin fins. It was outrageous. It was like being on a sort of skim board, really, last night. It was really sketching out. But what a lot of fun. For an evening surf, no pressure. That was great. I'm sort of switching between those two boards, and they're very similar boards in some ways. The puddle is like a hyper-performance version of that (laughs) McFanning foamy, which is what I love currently. And it suits the kind of waves we're surfing most of the time. And I was really impressed with what the puddle, uh, the size it is, a six o PU did in the bunchy stuff as well. For me, it helped. But I'm looking forward to trying some different boards. And with this hole in it, I'm going to have to go back to the mid length and the loop short, I think, for a bit while it dries out. There you
0: go. That challenge thing is a real quest because it's kind of it's very easy to fall back into the comfort zones we all yeah. have. I think what's really fortunate for surfers is the thing about surfing in general is it's so hard anyway. All you got to do is the slightest adjustment, and you've ramped the challenge up through the roof. Do you know what I mean? It's not—it's not the kind of sport that challenge becomes, you know, falls by the wayside because it's too easy. Man, my god, it's—I've been doing it for a lot of years now, and I still find it so challenging. Oh, to times.
1: especially if you keep setting yourself those challenges. The thing yeah, I yeah. can't do at the moment, but being growth mindset, you've got to say I will do it. I'm visualising it. Is the lip tag? You know, the sort mm. of surf, surf, surf—just not the full cutback, but just that. Ksh- so you're just kind of stalling and coming back down into the sort of... Uh, dropping back down the face of the wave. I like the sound effect as well, by the way. <laughs> really
0: good sound yeah. effect,
1: dude. Yeah. That's how I explain things. Just. Yeah. And I'm kind of getting there, but it's one of those that you need to practice, 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 yeah. fall, practice, fall, practice. Because you're kind of releasing the fins a bit, aren't you? And then back down the face of the wave. It's not a manoeuvre that I've ever been able to do, but I'm
0: desperate to try and give it a whirl. And it's really. slowly, slowly coming. One challenge I have is kind of that I know... Where I really want to push my surfing is barrels. It's accessing them. It's just nigh on impossible where we live in this part of the world. So next step on is things like airs, et cetera. Now, that's when I'd be, by my own admission, say, look, just haven't gone there because I'm almost not willing to take the risk because of what it could imply to ankles, knees, et cetera. So you are always got to think about safety, too. Safety is an aspect. Like, you know, why would you want to end up injuring yourself at the expense of this kind of new novel thing.
1: Risk-reward.
0: Risk-reward ratio is what's interesting, the, isn't what's it? What's
1: the jeopardy involved?
0: Yeah, true. Because airs really do ramp up risk on joints, whereas barrels, well, listen, barrel, barrels can go really tits up. You can yeah. end up like, you know, do or die. But it's like that thing where it's roughly just going to end up in a gnarly wipeout, yeah. spanning the barrel and pop back up and whatever. But hand on heart, you know, I have this question that I think of sometimes, that you know, would I have the courage? To actually get sit deep in a pit at this point, and it would be no, because I think it's this thing where it would be synaptic overload. Mm. I've had good barrels, I've had um, good tasters of barrels, like particularly at the wave in Bristol. And I got quite deep into a couple by my standards, and I got a good, good cover up and good view really stunning feeling. And it was just so addictive. The dopamine and the buzz was just outrageous. And I was like, Oh, my God. Mm. You're tapping into the higher levels there, I tell you. Things slowing down, even more like the crazy feeling of being part of the universe. And, it, it, and,
1: it is a dream. The green room's a dream for a lot of surfers, It's, isn't just, it? it's just... It's accessing oh. where and how and yeah. the... Again, I overuse this phrase, but the William Finnegan thing in Barbarian Days where he talks about waves coming increments of fear, really. And there probably are barrels that would also not wood, that do fit that scale. You can, if you're prone, if you're lying on a belly board, or a, you can probably get barreled in quite a small... We can here. I mean, the bodyboarders get barreled all the time. But, you know, cover-ups at least. But then you sort of start going up the scale of fear and then you're all the way up to, I don't know, pipe, jaws, where it goes over. And um yeah, that's a different scale altogether, isn't it? Even the stuff that we've got here that starts to barrel is for a lot of the kind of experienced guys only, isn't it? I and mean, you often can't compete to get in the line-up anyway. That's the challenge is finding the place where you can practice relentlessly and the right people around you and then
0: anything's possible. So true. I don't think there's any sport I've done, this is just my own experience in this, where there's a greater discrepancy between how easy they make it look on TV versus how it oh, yeah. feels to do. Because I've played a lot of different sports and played at quite high levels at times. There hasn't been as great a discrepancy in surfing. It is absolutely mind-blowing how someone like Kelly would lean back or Jamie O'Brien, lean back into the tube, like laying back in it. Yeah. And on their back side, so the wave is on your shoulder. You're not even leaning into it. You're leaning away from it sort of at an angle where it's trying to smack you on the head and flip you over and to be able to penetrate your rail and hold rail for second after second when this thing is throwing over you. That's in a way got death written all over it. Like the thing about fight and flight state in humans is we're sort of always trying to preserve and survive. So that fight and flight state would just immediately but then being able to choo, zen,
1: Yeah, from take and off, be calm,
0: from takeoff to stay right. Stay calm the in that whole position. thing looks yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of that in surfing is that the expression at the top end of it is always made to look simple in a way by the skill of the people that are executing it. There's so many hours of practice and so many mistakes and so much commitment to getting to the top of the game that the grace that they show in the execution of destroying the waves that they're on makes it look like you go oh wow i could have got that. it's nuts dude. but it's their skill that makes it look like yeah. that
0: and if you sort of saw
1: somebody else do it
0: it's it's frightening how hard it is i remember being with my brother watching this surf movie called the moment mm-hmm. very retro well worth checking out please check that out i bet you can get it on youtube called the moment there's a gr- cracking sunny guy section in that Literally. the guy just melting lips yeah. anyway I remember being on that. I was a rugby boy at that time. I only played rugby growing up, really. And George, my older brother, who's probably listened to this. So, hello, George.
1: Oh, he gave up after episode four.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He probably did to me. He and I were watching The Moment, this surf movie. I think it was Andy Irons or people surfing chopes. And and he was like, wow. And he was commenting on it. I, like, I said, that, that just looks really easy. You just slide down and then... And he <laughs> he just, he just laughed. It was like, you are ridiculous. You have no idea. And now... You know, even if I have like a four or five foot lip throw of my head, I know about it. I'm in the state of fear. I think the biggest barrel I've ever had where you kind of rue the day hindsight and God, if I'd just done that and if I'd just held on was in Bali. I've been trying to get barreled the whole trip and then near towards the end, I got a, a really good one and I just freed. I was so deep in the room, like really far back, three or four meters back behind the lip and that's a long way back. And looking ahead at this lip and closing out on you, you sort of, I threaded through it and I just should have just carried on. Mm. Like you said, Liam, if you haven't had the practice, you've got to be kind to yourself. It's all well and good wanting to get better at these things, but you've got to be able to put yourself in that situation. So Dude, I think in totally. some ways, a bit of realism yeah. and having a realistic view of yourself isn't a bad thing at times.
1: But I think that comes back to life. I think, if you, you know, even as a parent, where have you had the practice of being a parent until it happens? And so life is a series of things to an extent that we've never done before, and it's in those things that we've never done before that we give ourselves the hardest time. When in fact anything that's new takes commitment and time and practice and dedication to get better at it. I'll often, you know, even to myself, sort of have to remind myself or coach this and say, "Look, the reason those people are there—the the Steph or when particularly in reference to surfing, like the Chris moores or the Carlo Andinos and Mikey february's and all those guys and girls that surf—you go, it's simply access and practice." and situation that's put them there, and they've grasped it with both hands, and they've gone for it. And then you sort of scale that back and say, well, what about that musician? What about that person who does that there? What about that footballer? What about that rugby player? Well, if you put the hours of practice in that they have, and the dedication, and the commitment, then you can get to a level that might not be exactly where they're at, but you certainly start to access some of the skills that you are seeing on display. The big thing with sport when you let's just apply it to sport. As spectators, you look at sport and you've heard me moaning about this before where people sit in the crowd and go, Oh, you're shit. Mm. And they're like, Well no, they're not that shit, are they? Because they're actually at the pinnacle of their sporting <laughs> achievement. And you're sat on your fat ass on a chair watching the game. Mm. You're not playing the game. Yeah. And it's so easy for people who are armchair sort of critics to hammer the people that are in the arena of contact. But if you're prepared to be brave and to start to not care what those people think and drop the idea that you'll be totally put off by criticism and you're willing to practice and you can find the time and the dedication the effort. The human condition, the human being is able to achieve amazing things through practice and repetition. And then in sport, muscle training and muscle memory and just doing things over and over again. And then that's when the mindset stuff starts to creep in as well. It's amazing what you can do. I think there's a great book I actually recommend on that. I've not read it for ages, but by Matthew Saeed called Bounce. And he's very big on this idea, the power of practice it enables you to begin with to start to access greatness.
0: So cool, dude. It's where surf skates so important, I think, because we can't all surf. So if you can get yourself a surf skate. And get right into that and look at some coaching tutorials. I think um, Kale Brock, we've always Brock cited here, a, Ombi Surf Actually, well. the Ombi
1: guys, I watched something I was going to mention. I forgot to say about this in the surf media, but they did actually a little discussion and a, just a comparison about preferences between the smooth star and carver. Yep. Clayton was talking about the fact that he likes a carver because it slows down and draws out some of the turns rather than having to kind of go, which the smooth start you have to do. If that's on YouTube, actually. I'll check yep. that out. That's a
0: really good comparison yep. if you're looking at surf skating.
1: I've been
0: lent the smooth style yeah. by a friend and a client, a guy called Tom. I found it way more like surfing. It's incredibly loose. It's like you're on liquid. Yeah. It yeah. really is incredibly loose and it moves just so well. But, like you said, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to smooth carving it's really you can just jam it wherever you like so yeah. it's kind of a bit more jittery whereas like you said the carver can be a bit yeah. more solid mm-hmm. so it is interesting it's worth checking out honestly you've got to get go on skate if you want to progress your They're great fun your maneuvers well. are just amazing anything you want to share dude on no. mind or body
1: no i mean i'm still jerfing as best i can apart from oh, might be following no. off the way you're following my road now you know what what's this what's I'm this just, is the, just
0: eating real food oh no. fine not the no. other one
1: jerfing you know, that raw whole food thing, I'm really nice. trying try my best. It is very difficult to nail it all of the time. Just pulling down the Amiga 6s, raising the 3s, and just trying to eat whole foods as best I can.
0: Eat from scratch, basically. Yeah.
1: granted, Cook everything yourself. I had a night off when I, I got barreled.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Come <laughs> on, give oh, us the details. tell you about me getting barreled. It involved a barrel of a beer. A barrel of beer, yeah. Quite. Um, yes, but overall, no, that's my sort of body stuff. And also the mind thing really dialing up the sea swimming, because as you know, they're doing a lot of swim training at the moment, both pool and ocean. And I'm really enjoying some of those, some of those sort of real hardcore training sea swims, but also the social sea swims that you do. And to kind of not have to worry about the board. So it's just you and the sea and you're immersed in that kind of goodness. And to sort of swim out and then stop and just float and look back while you're still in the sea. And that's very, very kind of, rewarding for mind body and brain it's just an amazing thing
0: it's really cool yeah, i do doing loads of that the body stuff i'm working on for myself is kettlebell training yeah and there's a guy i want you to check out now i'm going to try and pronounce his name my friend ryan who listens to the show was going to absolutely turn in his grave when he hears me say this because he's a fellow trainer do you, as a drum, well. do you want a
1: drum roll while you're uh, and uh, he is a it.
0: beast on kettlebell so pavel Tsatsulin. yeah so you want to look at this. It's called Enter the Kettlebell. Check it out on YouTube. We'll leave it in the show notes. 46 minutes of awesome tuition on kettlebell training. Now, I've been getting right back into it. I've got a 30 kg kettlebell. I weigh 91 kilos. So it's a third of my body weight. And apparently, some of the research I've been looking at with kettlebell training, they've done research that shows that three minutes of flat-out kettlebell swings is more metabolic, as in it raises your metabolism, more than any other exercise and that includes sprints on a rowing machine they compared it to as well as watt bike sprints cross trainer sprints so obviously it has to be explosive repeated bout type stuff they also did it with um, 400 meter running 800 meter running you know the exhaustive like tracks type running there's nothing that pushes the immune system nothing that pushes the body and the endocrine system more than a kettlebell. Now, even Pavel says in his videos, I love it, and I will not try and do his accent, but oh my god, wait a second, I'm gonna try. Oh um Forgive him already. He says, So, take the kettlebell. And if you do three minutes of kettlebell swings properly, you're gonna feel like you've been in a boxing match. He became a little bit African towards the end, if I don't know if you noticed. I'm trying to
1: that. work out which he, he, where he starts
0: from. He started off a little bit of a and then he finished off he went a little bit scout this scouts at the start. And then all the way through he, the East African coast. from Ivory Coast by the yeah. end. But the thing is, he's Russian. <laughs> so I've got back into kettlebell swings and snatches, Turkish get ups, etc. Now, this is serious functional training because you're you're exposing your imbalances with a kettlebell because of its nature. The nature of a kettlebell is unstable. So the absolute premise of a kettlebell is it's an unstable object flying around in your wrist. And it swings and it moves. And so you have to move with it mm-hmm. and respond with with power and flexibility and agility and all these things. Now, I've been getting into the money for like the last couple of weeks. I've done bits of kettlebells, but I've really been working on them. And wow, wow, wow. What a difference to my top turns. The thing about – I always remember this. It was a famous coach. Uh, his name is evading me right now. Um, Gray Cook once said, if you want to be fast in a sport, you must train fast. If you just do things methodically, like, for example, just if you just do yoga, here's an example, and then just surf, your surfing will reflect what you're doing on land. That's the absolute case. You will be able to progress the speed and power of your surfing within the ocean, obviously. But as we all know, unless you do some work on land to increase that strength and power, you're not going to make big gains on the board. It's true. You start actually putting in some explosive movement into your training, jump lunges, jump squats, kettlebell training overhead cleans deadlifts things that encompass all the muscle groups around the glutes the back core but explosively that's the key and kickboxing is another good one things like you know martial arts are very very good for explosive power big drives into a pad kicks into a pad combat sports combat sport very good unless we get those in we can't expect to be able to produce speed and power on the wave so it did make a really big difference my glute hip area just feels way more explosive than it did a few weeks ago mm. it's been really fun looking forward to that check out that video though that's the guy to check out and, and kettlebells are great you can just grab a couple of kettlebells and have your whole gym sorted in that what six square feet off you go yeah really handy to have and it's very time efficient too yeah look great they look great we're going
1: to get you into it dude well that's Monday night sorted out eh? there you go mate Surf so is taking a kettlebell to a turn for the kettlebell
0: have you got anything on Surf Media, segment number four? Yeah, I am going to
1: talk very briefly or recommend... Cole Smith's got his own YouTube uh, thing going on, as often these kind of pros are increasingly having. It's the one where he goes to Jay Bay, and my goodness me.
0: My golly gosh.
1: That is wave... I mean, I was just sort of staring at these waves, and they were epic. They looked epic. And he rips them, absolutely rips them. And the vibe's good. And the light's good. And he does a cold water surf as well in J. Because it's not warm there, the water, is it? You know, it's a great little 25, 30 minute watch. He comes across really well, actually, Coa Smith. He's an incredibly athletic, fit guy. And he's surfing. I love his surfing. It's
0: really good. Yeah. He's the kind of guy who is okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. Which is rare. In surfing in any sport, in anything in life, there are shields and egos. And when someone's more honest and vulnerable and has a bit of depth to what they say, it takes being a bit more brave yeah. because you have to remove ego to a certain degree. Obviously there's always still ego involved in some way, but it's great to have that kind of character in surfing yeah. because it kind of softens us all. It kind of helps us all feel like we're part of one big human situation, yeah, human exactly. family. Exactly. And because we're all, we're all human. So he's really good. At, obviously the little big one is Ben Gravy. He, I think has really flown the flag of, look, I'm going to be honest with my feelings, with my mind and with life. And, Jeez, wow. It's just so cool because it doesn't matter what ability you are. It does not matter how well you serve. It just matters how much fun you have. It matters whether you just get wet and don't get upset. There you go. That's it nice one guys right enjoy the rest of your week weekend there you go and thanks for listening to the show now we've had oh it's well, so a year is year in and 12 months thank yeah. you for being with us and um, we're going to be here for a while we're going to be around for a long while so how many downloads do we yeah, have we would it's uh, just over 21,000 I think we're coming up to now that's it so, uh, that's it. And, so it's and, pretty big and
1: really growing and thank you to everybody tuning in this because a lot of those have come since January So. That's it keep listening thanks for joining us it's just absolute dream to be chatting every
0: week and if you're able to uh, leave us a review on iTunes I know we mentioned that in the show anyway but uh, we'd really appreciate it Yeah. so take care until next week nice one guys see ya